Good morning. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. A while back, I traveled to Kansas City for a family trifecta. My sister's birthday, my parents' 60th wedding anniversary, and my niece's wedding. And of course, when we fly anywhere, our first stop is to see our friends at the TSA. <laughs> LAX had fairly long lines that day, and they snaked around seemingly as if we were ready, getting ready to board a wonderful ride at Disneyland. No such luck. Behind me was an elderly couple, and behind them was a woman with two small boys, one held captive by the restraints of his stroller, and one on the loose, learning how to use the stroller as a bulldozer. <laughs> he kept nearly pushing over the poles and ropes that keep the line somewhat organized. And yes, his mom was there, but she was deeply involved in a conversation on her cell phone, and everyone around her knew what the topic was, because the volume level was pretty loud. When the boy and the stroller finally took aim at the elderly lady behind me, I decided it was time to intervene. I reached behind her, grabbed the stroller, and told the boy to stop. Now we finally had the attention of the mom, <laughs> and she decided that I was the problem. To sum up that story, the rest of the way to TSA, I just pretended she didn't exist. And we got up to the agent who scans, stamps, and says, next. The thought and prayer in my mind was echoing around something like, God, thank you that I am not like that rude woman shouting into her phone. And God, thank you, I am not like those boys who are growing up with no sense of decorum or personal space. And thank you, God, that I am not like the woman who chastised me when I was just trying to keep that old lady from being hurt. And today, I feel like agreeing with that Pharisee in our passage from Luke in being thankful that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, tax collectors, or that mom. I pray, I preach at this service, conduct the choir, and sometimes play the organ, even visit sick people in the hospital. I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. Wow, I wonder just who is Jesus preaching to? People cheered for the Pharisees, and had nothing but contempt for the tax collectors. Now, I think it would be great to have a church full of Pharisees. They're often portrayed in these parables as being opposed to Jesus. But if they were sitting in these pews, I'd have a church full of very religious people who pray all the time, don't break the commandments, probably don't have any family problems. They'd give a tenth of everything they make pre-tax? I think that sounds awesome. 
Tax collectors, on the other hand, worked for the Roman government and jacked up the tax rates so that they could keep a good share for themselves. Imagine both the Pharisee and the tax man standing in the temple praying out loud. One is filled with contempt, setting himself above all others. The other is penitent, asking God for mercy. And he is the one who goes back home in right relationship with God. Not by his actions, but by God's wanting to be in relationship with him. It turns out the parable isn't about that irritating woman on the cell phone. It's not about the boys who don't know how to behave. It's not about the despised tax collector. In writing this sermon, I realized that the story is a mirror. It's about me. As I read this parable, I think about two words. The first is contempt, a lack of respect or reverence that automatically puts up a barrier between us and them. It tries to assert superiority and it instantly depersonalizes, which helps to increase that us and them mentality. The candidate, the Democrats, the Republicans, the Mexicans, the Muslims, nothing raises money faster than a politician or TV preacher who tells you who to blame for your rotten lot in life. The liberals, the foreigners, the gays, the members of that political party, it creates hostile territory and undermines the goodness of both our nation and our church. The second word is humility, which is not about putting yourself down or just being submissive. It's an honest recognition of who you are, a mixing pot of strengths and faults. An author once said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking less about yourself. When I let go of the barriers around me and realize that those people are my brothers and sisters, it is then that I'm able to see and accept my own faults, confess, ask forgiveness, and come back into relationship with those I have injured and with my God. My own humbleness causes me to see others with more compassion and maybe even some respect. Humility is the best medicine for contempt. If, like the parable tells us, our practice of religion is creating contempt for others, then we need to get our prescription refilled. If St. Wilfrid's is your church, make it a place where you are contributing to right relationships by placing yourself in a position of love and service. Laundry love, helping the homeless through our Beach Cities office, participating in music and worship, helping in the office, 
in the kitchen, supporting Episcopal relief and development, even helping to keep the lights and the AC running. For all the people in those groups that meet here during the week, who are working hard to make right their relationship with those around them and with God. Find your place in ministry and find the thankfulness for God who has given us all that we have. As Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, what do you have that you didn't first receive? If you are wondering what to be thankful for, or if you are hurting in any way, get into prayer today. If you are questioning your relationship with another person, get into prayer today. If you are wanting God to heal something painful in your life, get into prayer today. If the future of St. Wilfred's Church is vital to your spiritual life, get into prayer today. Author John Ortberg writes about a CEO of a Fortune 500 company who pulled into a service station to get some gas. He went inside to pay, and when he came out, he noticed his wife engaged in deep conversation with the station attendant. As it turns out, she knew him. In fact, back in high school, before she met her husband, she used to date this man. The CEO got in the car, and the two drove for a while in silence. The CEO was feeling pretty good about himself when he finally spoke up. I bet I know what you were thinking. I bet you were thinking you mar you're glad you married me, a Fortune 500 CEO, and not him, a service station attendant. His wife said, no, I was thinking if I'd married him, he'd be a Fortune 500 CEO and you'd be the service station attendant. <laughs> Our affirmation of baptism concludes by reminding us to serve all people, to follow the example of our Lord Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Our response as a people of God comes out of humility. I will with God's help. If God has stirred something in you in the last few minutes, here's my suggestion. Try living out this sermon for a week. Center your prayer around service and respect for others. Humble yourself in the sight of God so that your walls may come tumbling down and your prayers bring light to this nation and to this holy place. Amen.